The Lord be with you. Let us pray. God, remind us that in the resurrection there is new life. There's new life today and forever. Amen. We've already said it several times today, but let's do it one more time. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. You know, it's quite appropriate that we say that refrain on Easter. We actually say it through the whole Easter season. We read those words that he is not here, he is risen. We, we read it in the, in the gospel witness that the, that the angels, the messengers proclaim to the women who have come to the tomb. We read it in Matthew, we read it in Mark, and we read it in Luke. Maybe you notice that John doesn't have that part of the story, though, about the angels saying that. Instead, we hear a first-person account from Mary Magdalene. I have seen the Lord. You know, it's very good and proper that we repeat the good news that Christ is risen to remind ourselves that Christ is indeed risen. And we'll keep doing that through this season. But for now, though, I want to ask you something else. Yes, we can say Christ is risen, but can we say what Mary said on that first Easter, that I have seen the Lord? It had been a long week for the followers of Jesus, especially the women followers of Jesus. It was only the women who went with Jesus all the way to his death and then to come and prepare him for burial. After he was arrested, it seems that all the disciples, the male disciples, ran away. The only thing we read of the male disciples after Jesus is arrested is Peter denying Jesus and that John had been at the cross. But the women were there. The women were there. All the Gospels mention that the women came to the tomb. John, though, just mentions Mary Magdalene. And, of course, as Mary Magdalene came to the tomb... She's still grieving. Mary Magdalene. We first read about Mary Magdalene in the gospel story when she comes to Jesus to be healed. It seems that she's had seven demons in her. And I don't want to begin to try to understand or explain what that means. Except I think we can conclude that to have seven demons inside you robs you of joy, of the excitement, the the quest for life. It drags you down and poisons you. She comes to Jesus. Jesus heals her. She's made whole. In response, she begins to follow Jesus throughout the rest of his ministry. Not only does she travel with Jesus and the others, she also helps financially support Jesus' ministry. This woman has been hurting, she's been cured. And in response, she follows Jesus. Indeed, she follows Jesus all the way to the cross and now to the tomb to prepare him for burial. And she's grieving. And the grieving takes an added emphasis when she gets to the tomb and sees that the body is gone. She runs back to the other disciples and tells them that the body is missing. Peter and John run back and Mary comes back too. Peter and John see that, yeah, Mary was right. There's no body, so they go back home. But Mary stays there by the tomb weeping in grief. Soon there are two angels inside the tomb. And 
tells them that she says that she's weeping because somebody's stolen the body of Jesus. And then she sees someone she assumes is the gardener. And she asks the gardener where the body is so that she can go get it. But then the gardener says her name. She realizes it is Jesus. And she goes and runs to the others to say, I have seen the Lord. The proclamation of Easter is that Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And when we think of the resurrection, we think of an event that took place 2,000 years ago. Now, of course, there are many who say that the resurrection never took place, and that's pretty understandable considering we don't see a bodily resurrection every day. And certainly we cannot prove that the resurrection took place. We also can't prove that the resurrection didn't take place. For me, something that seems to support something that happened is the reaction of the people who had followed Jesus after this Easter day. Their lives are changed. But even for those of us who do believe that Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, there's the question of what in the world does that have to do with me, with us right now, in this life? There are many who think that the only important thing about the resurrection is that we believe in it so we can go to heaven when we die. And while I agree that the resurrection of Jesus offers us the hope of life forever, and thanks be to God for that, I don't think that the main focus of Jesus' resurrection should be on what happens after this life, but what happens in this life right now. It isn't just about something that happened long ago and is going to affect our future. The resurrection speaks to the right now of life. A couple days ago, I read something by one of my favorite writers, Walter Brueggemann. I'd like to read some of that. And then there is Easter. It's an occasion that invites us out of our smallness into the bigness of God, an event that summons us from heaven to earth, an incident that calls us to the fullness of our humanity. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus lived. That's why Jesus died. And beloved, that's why Jesus got up. Humanity was just living too small. We were living below our potential. We were living too much for ourselves. And so God and God's divine providence came down that we might rise up. He was born in the ghetto so that we might find glory in the little things. He healed the sick so that we might comfort the afflicted. He fed the hungry so that we might provide for those who suffer under the weight of the sins of this world. He overturned tables so that we might overturn systems of oppression. He died that we might live. He rose that we might rise above hatred, above bigotry, above smallness, above division, above gloom, and into the dream and the glory of God. The resurrection points us to new life lived right now called by God and blessed by God. In the resurrection, not only was Jesus raised from the dead, but the way of Jesus was affirmed by God, a way of love for all, and we're called to live in it. 
right now. And as we live in it, there will be times when we can glimpse and say that I've seen the Lord. A couple weeks ago, I told a, a minister friend of mine, Reverend Les Whitlock. He's the minister at First Corinthians Baptist Church downtown, an African-American minister. I told him I was going to be having prostate surgery. And he decided right then and there that he needed to pray for me. And Les did. And in the fervency of his prayer and the care that he had for me, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord at work in the life of Les Whitlock. I've seen Christ alive and I've seen him at work. In the work that I do with that group, the focus on race relations, Frankfurt, and the, the wrestling with what it means to live among people of different races, I've seen the Lord at work. I saw the Lord at work this past week, and I was in the hospital at UK Hospital, and it was one of the nurses I had. Her name was Ashley. Ashley and I got to talking. She found out I was a minister. She told me that... Uh, she was raised Catholic. She married a, a man who uh, grew up in a, a conservative Protestant tradition. I'm not going to say the denomination itself. Well, they decided that they wanted to go to the same church, so they were going to her husband's conservative Protestant church until someone in that church told their daughter that she was going to hell because she's Catholic. Ashley and I really got to talking then. We shared on the frustration of things like that. But then even more, I saw in her sharing, as I see with most nurses, great compassion, great love for people, all people, no matter where they come from in life. As I sat in that hospital that night, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord at work in the life of Nurse Ashley. i got to say this too. I've seen the Lord in the time that I've spent with our three young people who are going to be baptized today. In our baptism class, the main thing that I've wanted to explore with Caden and, and Anderson and Jackson is what it means to follow Jesus. And I think what it means to follow Jesus is to follow the two great commands, to love the Lord with all you got and to love your neighbor as yourself. I emphasize that because here's my hope for those three young people and really my hope for the life of the church Right now for them, loving their neighbor means doing things like being nice to the other kids at school, which is very important. My hope is that such uncommon practices of loving other people will grow and grow in their lives, not so that they will be good people, but that their lives might follow in the way of Jesus, so that in the years to come, People will see in the lives of Anderson and Caden and Jackson, see their lives and say, you know, I have seen the Lord and I've seen it at work in those three young people. On that Easter day, not only was Christ risen, but the way of Christ, the way of love wins. 
May our lives every day proclaim that the risen Savior is among us and that the way of Christ wins. Amen. Now, let's